0: testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time newton group transfer they are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare these stories from people Well, the truth of the matter is this, a lot of people have spent my adult life talking to me on the radio, TV, and Congress about freedom this and freedom that, and you have freedom, freedom, America's freedom, and when the S hit the fan, as they say, a lot of those people ran and hid under their bed and told everybody to shut up and go home, peasant, and people you don't expect step up and say, uh, that's not right, it's not who we are. And so I am thrilled to welcome in Shelly Luther. Yes, that Shelly Luther, the now nationally famous Shelly Luther, the owner of that Dallas salon who opened back up in defiance of government orders. Shelly, what's it like being famous now?
1: (laughs) Um, It's pretty surreal, actually. I'm just trying to keep up.
0: I would imagine you've had plenty of fan mail, plenty of not so much fan mail. I I, I certainly understand what that's like. Explain your thinking process and why you finally opened. Because, look, it's easy to sit and say, just defy the government. It's another thing entirely to actually do it. And it certainly cost you at the time. What was the thinking process? Why do it at all?
1: Um, I mean, several reasons. Obviously, um, you know, we all shut down and we're willing to shut down to make sure to keep people safe. But they weren't opening us up. They kept pushing back the goalposts and weren't giving, getting any government assistance. But the real trigger was when my hairstylist started coming to me saying they need to start working underground um, because they're not able to pay their mortgage or feed their families. And I said, you know what, we can't do that because that's not safe. We need to make sure if we're going to open and do this, we need to do it right in a very sanitized environment um, with CDC guidelines, uh, social distancing and all of those things. And it was actually more of a, a, a response of responsibility, if that makes sense.
0: Oh well, it does. No, it does. Now, what was uh, OK? So you open up you're cutting hair. What is the first way the authorities got in contact with you and said, stop? Did they make a phone call? Did a cop show up at your door? Did they send the SWAT team in? What was the first contact?
1: <laughs> um, honestly, we decided we were going to open. Uh, the, the decision was made April 18th, and we didn't open till the 24th. But starting April 18th, I started advertising that we were going to be open.
0: Okay. One of the and-
1: main, I didn't want to feel guilty about it. I didn't want to hide from it. And I wanted to show people that we thought it was right to open. And so um, we got contacted the day before we opened from the Texas you know, state licensing uh, agency and said, you better not open. Cops are going to show up. And I'm like, I'm going to open. I don't know what to tell you. So the, the cops did show up um, the next day. They wrote us a citation. On that Friday, we opened.
0: How were, uh, obviously, I don't want you to indict anybody or name names unless you feel the need to do so, but how were the cops when they showed up to write that citation? I understand they were told to do so. Were they enthusiastic about it? Did they give you that wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hey, I'm sorry, we have to do this kind of thing? How did they act?
1: It was very, very wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. I, I felt sorry for them because, obviously, they're trying to build rapport with the community these days, um, especially in Dallas. and. Um, They basically had their tail between their legs because it was just almost embarrassing for them. And I knew it wasn't coming from them. They were very respectful. And, of of course, I responded with respect as well.
0: That's awesome. Now, how did it go from a citation to you ending up in jail?
1: (laughs) Well, the same day um, the city ordinance came out, told me to shut down. I said no. And then a letter came from uh, the Dallas uh, County Commissioner, Judge Clay Jenkins, um, ordering me to shut down a cease and desist letter, threatening a lawsuit and criminal charges. And I still did not shut down. And then a few days later, I received a temporary restraining order from the uh, judge, Eric Moyer. And uh, then the rest is history from there. Everybody's seen the video of how he, uh, you know, sentenced me to seven days in jail for going against his temporary restraining order, basically, contempt of court.
0: Yeah, everybody has seen that. In fact, I played that on my TV show. That was legendary. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh how exactly were you received in jail? I I just this is a random assumption. I mean, for all I know, you're a career criminal, but I'm assuming you haven't spent much time in the clink. I've never been to the pokey. <laughs> never. So
1: um, when I came in, there is a TV in, in there, like in a main rec area, Oh, nice. um, but none of the ladies, the other seven ladies that were in the same area as me, they, none of them had ever seen me before. I don't think they really watched the news. They kind of had like their, you know, normal shows that they watched.
0: Do they, uh, how was the food?
1: I did not eat the food.
0: Oh, Shelly, we need the details. Was it that bad or they didn't serve you any?
1: Um, uh, no. Uh, well, what? came cooked looked really like it was unrecognizable (laughs) and then a lot of the times it was just like they slapped a couple pieces of white bread and and gave you like a thing of cheese and some other meat that i'm i wasn't sure what it was so i just didn't eat um i mean it was only two days so i mean people fast longer than that it wasn't that big a deal
0: two days how many prison tattoos do you have now (laughs) (laughs)
1: I have zero tattoos, but let me tell you, I'm thinking about getting one. If they don't open up Texas tattoos, uh, shops, I'm thinking of getting one in protest.
0: (laughs) Yeah, those, Those tattoo guys will do it too. It's actually funny you brought that up. I interviewed that guy who opened up his tattoo shop in North Carolina the other day and he was, he was all about it and he really was, he was saying the exact same thing. It's just not fair. It's not fair to my people. I'm behind on my mortgage. All right. Where do you stand Now, I understand you're doing stuff for other small businesses. Are you financially bankrupt? that people help you out so much you're good to go? Are you open? Are you closed? Where are you?
1: Well, let's start with the salon is open and it will stay open. Um, And uh, it never shut down the entire time that all of this was happening. Um, Secondly, I'm sure a lot of people have heard. I had a GoFundMe that someone had set up for me, a a guy that I'd never met before but um, talked to before my court case. And I went into uh, the court case with about $20,000 in there, which is crazy money to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when I got out of jail two days later, there was a half a million
0: dollars. (laughs) That's great. And and I'm assuming you have that, right? This guy didn't turn out to be a scammer and he's in Ecuador or something with our money, right?
1: No, no. um, I have most of it. GoFundMe does it to where it kind of gives it to you in chunks, but I do have most of it. Um, But yes, I set up a... You know, I thought a lot about it when I was in jail, what I wanted to do, um, because I found out, like, not the day I was in jail, but the next day that it was at, like, $150,000. And the first thing I thought of is, like, man, how do I give back to these people? Um, And so I started a charitable organization. It's called Courage to Stand at CourageToStand.com. And if we're ever able to receive any more donations, what we're going to do is stand up to the government and take our country back. And I'm going to do that one shop at a time. And as a matter of fact, uh, my boyfriend and I, we're on our way to Michigan right now to help Mr. Carl Mankey and stand in Owasa against that tyrannic governor in Michigan.
0: Daggone, Chris, we got to get this lady running for office. You know they're going to get you running for office, right? And then there's going to be really, really a lot of benefit to having like a teardrop tattoo on your face.
1: Maybe I'll be the first one and be like, "What? I
0: actually <laughs> I'm allowed to." <laughs> Shelly Luther, go do your thing. Hey, p- go ahead and plug this charity again, please.
1: Courage to stand.com. Thank you so much. I really appreciate any support we can get. Let's get America open again and get people working.
0: You are very welcome. My hair is retreating because I'm married with kids, but next time I'm in Dallas, I'm coming to see you.
1: Awesome. Can't wait. Thanks be, so much.
0: Be good. That lady's dynamite, dude. That lady is dynamite. I will tell you, full disclosure, I generally don't like having people I've never talked to in my life on, especially people that don't do media, because you never know. I mean, we all know, we've all we all heard the bad interviews. You've heard them on my show, I'm sad to say. Now, granted, you never hear them twice. If somebody's bad, they don't get invited back. But you've heard the, uh, uh, I, I, uh like, uh, uh, I don't, re- uh, bitch, uh, uh, bitchy. that lady's awesome, dude. We need to get that lady running for her office. We do. I mean look, it's not ideal to have more women in office, but she sounded really good. Stop, Chris. We can make jokes on a Friday afternoon. Gosh. Alright, I'll finish my gas mask story, and then I'm gonna churn through I'm gonna churn through these headlines really fast. Hang on.
1: For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia He has the smarts
0: of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, Salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Reality. Podcast.